preach from the Bible, right? <laughs> not good to start a sermon off with a lie. Really, not good, right? Okay, yeah, not the elementary basics, okay, of ministry. Don't start off with a lie. So anyway, I um, didn't want to speak on what I'm speaking on this morning, and I didn't want to put the, have the scripture reading because I didn't want to uh, let you know right away. Um, you know, mainly I I don't preach a lot. Um, and, and I wanted it to be an uplifting, encouraging message and, you know, a little on the light side, not too heavy, right? Send you out feeling really good about yourself. Sorry. <laughs> not today, all right? Not today. Um, really, I just couldn't get away from this, and I tried so badly. I tried. And... Uh, Anyway, this morning, I am talking on forgiveness, and everyone said, yay, we love messages on forgiveness, right? Oh, gosh, quiet, okay. <laughs> Honesty, right, not a lie. Uh, but seriously, in my 30-something years of ministry, ministry, really, it's been longer, but I don't count the three where I kind of checked out honesty, okay? But in those years of ministering, um, I've seen countless numbers of Christians struggle to forgive. Like really good people, and some not so good, but they all, and we all, struggle with forgiveness. And so when you read the Gospels, you see that Jesus talks about forgiveness a lot. Too much sometimes, right? But evidently, it's a big deal to Jesus. And I think he knew that we would struggle with it. And so he wanted to model and teach us how it's possible to forgive. All right? So I'm going to read a few scriptures where Jesus talked about forgiveness. Every Sunday, this Sunday, we just read the Lord's Prayer out of Matthew 6, 12, out of the Common English Bible. There's a part he put in there. Forgive us for the ways we have wronged you, just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. Matthew 6, 14, 15, the Message Bible. In prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. Then Mark 11, verse 25 out of the message. And when you assume the posture of prayer, remember that it's not all asking. If you have anything against someone, forgive. Only then will your heavenly Father be inclined to also wipe your uh, slate clean of sins. And every good message on forgiveness wouldn't be a good message if you didn't throw in Matthew 18, 21. At that point, Peter got up the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? 
And Jesus replied, seven, hardly. Try 70 times seven. So this morning, my intention is not to just throw out a few scriptures to you and say, see what Jesus said? Now be like Nike and just do it. (laughs) Oh gosh, do they still have those Nike commercials? Okay, good. But it feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? When you hear messages on forgiveness. It's like Jesus died on the cross and forgave you of your sins. Now, don't you feel bad that you don't want to forgive your neighbor? Get over it. Just do it. I don't think we try to make it sound like that. But it all sounds very nice and easy. But again, Jesus knew what it was like to be human because he did come to earth okay, and walked among us, and he was human, and he struggled with pain caused by other people. He knew that it wouldn't be easy for us humans to forgive. So he, as a human, modeled for us how it's possible to do so. One of the things that I want you to see is that forgiveness has a lot to do with our relationship with God and with other people. And it has a lot to do with our faith. Because our faith is based on forgiveness, mercy, and reconciliation. In fact, one of my favorite scriptures says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Another version I love says, while we were enemies, he loved us, he forgave us, and he reconciled us back to our Father. Colossians 2, 13, 14, when you were spiritually dead because of your sins and because you were not free from the power of your sinful self, God made you alive with Christ and he forgave all our sins. He canceled the debt which listed all the rules we failed to follow. He took away that record with its rules and nailed it to the cross. You see, forgiveness has everything to do with your faith. Forgiveness is how your relationship with God first began. Anyone remember when you first received Christ as your Lord and Savior? I do. I'll never forget the heavy weight of all my sins literally being lifted off of me and feeling, you know, that feeling of being made clean and whole was overwhelming. At the time, I was Catholic, not a good one, and um, barely. And I didn't know anything about being slain in the spirit, okay, but I fell to the floor. And when I got up, I felt what true freedom really was. That's the power of forgiveness. Our relationship with God began with us receiving forgiveness from him. Amen? And forgiveness is a part of God's character. It's who he is. He's a lot of things. He's a God of mercy, love, grace, Forgiveness. 
And if you are a Christian, which is what? A Christ follower, not a rule keeper. Not a rule keeper, a Christ follower. So if you are a Christ follower, his nature is in you, and that means that you have the capacity to forgive just as he has forgiven you. So now it's time to be real again, all right, about it. I mean, that's real, but let's be honest. Just because his nature is in us, it doesn't mean that it's automatic and that it's easy peasy. We've got this. Every person in this room has been hurt by someone or something. Some of you more severely than others. And I'm sure there have been some unspeakable situations that have happened to some of you that I don't want to minimize. Situations that seem almost impossible to forgive and certainly not easy. But capital B-U-T. To truly be whole and free, we need to forgive. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, or really a lot of the times, I don't want to forgive. See, my heart can be sometimes very small and selfish and can get really hard when someone has truly hurt me. Not talking about these little old things. Really, really has hurt me. I don't want to do it. And let's just say it's not the first thing I want to do to that person. I mean, for real. And don't sit there and judge me. Honestly, I, don't, I, I think a lot of you can kind of relate to that. You've been hurt very deeply, and hell's going to freeze over before you forget. I know, I've been there. And the truth is, with our own hearts, we're not able to forgive, no matter how hard we try. But I love that we can draw grace from God, who is our source of forgiveness, healing, and wholeness. He's the source that we draw upon, and it's his grace that enables us to forgive others when we just don't want to. So grace, we say it a lot, our church is named Grace. You know, what is it? Yes, you've all heard it says unmerited favor. But I like this definition of grace, that it's God's divine ability and power to do what we cannot do on our own. Grace. His divine ability and power to do what you don't want to do and can't do on your own, grace. But when you make the choice to forgive, and it does begin with a choice, that's your first step, is to choose to forgive, 
There is so much grace available to you. You know that verse where Jesus tells Peter to forgive seven times 70, and I thought, yeah, how many times does one person get to hurt me like that? I guess it's possible. But I think more often, after the act or the, the sin committed against us is done, we rehearse that over and over, and it comes up in our memory. And that scripture, seven times 70, makes a lot of sense now, doesn't it? Grace, his divine ability and power working in you and through you to do what you can't do on your own. So, forgiveness does not come naturally to us even with his nature in us. We are human, but we can't use that as an excuse. We have to take that first step in choosing to forgive, then in allowing his supernatural power called grace to kick in and help us. There's nothing natural about forgiveness. It is strictly supernatural. Supernatural. And it takes your choice, that decision to uh, make, to, to make that first step toward forgiving. So, maybe some of you might, now, might right now be thinking, well, that sounds really good. And it even sounds very biblical. But you don't know what happened to me. You don't know what they did. And what really makes me mad is they never said they're sorry. They don't deserve my forgiveness. And you're right, I don't know what's happened to you. But I know God knows and I know he cares. And he cares too much to let you stay where you are, holding on to all, to all that bitterness, resentment, and anger. He loves you so much that he wants you to move on and he wants you to be whole and to be free. He doesn't want you carrying those old wounds around with you because Jesus already carried it for you. So this is the part I just want to stop and say, if you've been hurt, deeply hurt by someone who's never even acknowledged it, they never said they were sorry, and you're waiting for them to apologize, I'd like to apologize on their behalf because the sad truth is that you might not ever get that apology that you're waiting on. And if you wait until you get it, you might not ever move on and be free. So I'm gonna do something here. And I wanna read it because 
if you receive it, it can really set you free. Amen? I want to say I'm sorry for every person or everything that has ever hurt you. Every person who has abandoned you or rejected you, who wasn't there for you, who lied and cheated on you, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry for every person who said you weren't good enough. You weren't smart enough, rich enough, young enough, pretty or handsome enough. You just weren't enough. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you've ever experienced physical, mental, verbal, or sexual abuse. I'm sorry if you've ever experienced racism, bigotry, or homophobia. Lastly, if you've been hurt by someone in the church or by church leadership, I'm sorry. One of my favorite scriptures that I taught my children when they were little, the only New King James Version I wanted to teach them, Ephesians 4.32, can you recite it? <laughs> okay, see, I know it got in there anyway. <laughs> Be ye kind to one another and tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. Church, the church, we're the church. We need to get that. Shouldn't be that we're hurting each other. I know it happens, but I'm talking about deep hurts here. Not little offenses, okay? Get over those things. Oh, so he didn't shake your hand. <laughs> she didn't acknowledge you. I'm not talking about that. Let's be kind to one another. Let's be kind. Let's have a tender heart toward each other. We are family. I don't know what kind of family you're from. But we don't do that. Not when we have God as our father. Let's be kind. So can we just let go some of the pain, all of the pain really? Can we release to God whatever that offense or that sin that was committed against you and trust him with it? Because holding on to the pain and to the offense committed against you is like a ball and chain. It's not only, it not only weighs you down and keeps you bound, but keeps you connected to them and what they did to you. Like, get that picture, because I know you have someone in your head here. You are always connected to them and to what they did to you until you forgive them. So everywhere you go, you're dragging them with you. And you thought you were Getting, you know, hey, I'm far away from them. They can't touch me. Yeah, they can. Every day. And we shouldn't try to kid ourselves that there's no real consequences to unforgiveness. You can't just push it down or hide it away or stay physically away from them 
without it affecting you. The sad thing is that the person who suffers is not the person who hurts you. It's you and those close to you that don't even have anything to do with it that get hurt. See, you're walking around with a wounded spirit and you're wounding yourself and others. And the real consequence is that there's no, where there's no true forgiveness, there's no true peace and freedom. The Greek word translated for forgiveness means to let go, to let it go. And when we forgive others, we are letting go all of the resentment and we are giving up any claim to be con compensated for the hurt or loss we suffered. We let it go. Whatever the wrong is, we release it to God and we trust him to handle it. Um, let me ask you a question. How do you know if you haven't forgiven? Well, I'm going to tell you a very short story. Try to keep it short. There was uh, two guys that used to be marine uh, pilots. And they got together again. And the one guy's telling the other one, my marriage is over. Uh, we're getting a divorce. And the guy said, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, marriage is really hard. And then the guy says to him, well, how would you know everything goes perfect for you? And he started to just spew out all this bitterness. And the other guy was like, I don't even know where this hostility is coming from. And then the truth finally came out that about 25 years ago that they were partying. And at 1 a.m., the one guy says, you know, I've got this flight instruction test to take tomorrow morning. And his friend said, oh, hey, let's, let's call it quits. You know, it's 1 a.m., let's call it quits. And no, he wanted to keep partying. And so the next day he took that test and he failed. And he wasn't able to fly in Desert Storm. And the amazing thing about this is that the other guy had no clue, and it wasn't even his fault. He told the guy, hey, let's call it quits, and he refused to. And for 25 years, he held on to that situation. Are you holding on to something that when it still comes up or that person and it brings up those feelings. It brings up that past offense. You see them at the supermarket. You go down the other aisle. I know that one. You hear their name and your stomach just ties in knots. You're still talking about it 25 years later. Someone brings up their name and you still bring it up. I would check myself and say, Father, I forgive again. 
I forgive again. Let me tell you what forgiveness doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that you have to accept what happened or condone the sin committed against you. It's not like you're, you know, are saying, hey, it's okay. What you did was a-okay. You're not saying that. Doesn't mean you're excusing the sin. What it does mean when you forgive is that you refuse to be consumed any longer by what they did. You, you just don't want to be connected to it any longer. You don't want that anger and pain any longer. You refuse, refuse it, and you let it go. Another note, forgiveness doesn't mean that you'll always be reconciled, meaning that relationship might not be restored. For instance, ladies, if you or someone you know, or someone you know, it could be a man, has been abusing you or your children. And you've been told by the church that you need to stay in that marriage. I'm sorry. You were told the wrong thing. It's quiet. You've been told the wrong thing. You need to remove yourself, remove your children. Forgive them from a distance. Let God work in their life. Let there be some fruit of repentance and fruit takes a while. Don't let, oh, he said he's sorry and move right back in and get beat up again. There needs to be some time to see. And I'm not saying you won't, get be, you won't uh, be reconciled. There's nothing impossible with God. But there has to be wisdom that you can't put yourself or your children in harm's way. So, how do we forgive? First step is the choice that you make to do it, and you then draw on his grace because remember, our hearts are, are unable to forgive on our own. And, and I mean, how does that, what does it look like? I mean, it looks like crying out to God and saying, I hate that person. I hate what they did. And Father, I can't, without your supernatural help, I can't forgive them on my own. Help me to forgive them. I trust you to help me forgive them. And let me tell you what grace can do. Grace can cut that ball and chain that you carry right now. And that if you don't release it, that you'll carry into your future. you'll also just release so much bitterness and anger. And you'll begin to experience true freedom. 
no longer controlled by what happened to you, no longer chained to all that hatred and bitterness. You know, true, truly free people, they don't get offended easily. That's when you know you're really truly free. Where things just aren't going to offend you. Truly free people don't walk around with the bitterness on their face and just that, I mean, you can just sense the, the, the heaviness that they carry with them. Truly, the true free people are supposed to be really happy people, really full of peace. And free people know what it is to be forgiven. And so they're able to forgive others. Would you stand with me? And would the prayer team come up? I could tell that this message affected some of you. And uh, I really want you to experience true freedom. But more than that, Jesus. Jesus died so that we could truly be free. And so this morning, could we just like, let's just bow our heads and close our eyes. Not for religious reasons, but just, I just want you to focus not on what's going on around you, but what God wants to do in your heart this morning. Is there someone that you've been carrying with you like a ball and chain and you're still connected with that? And this morning that you want to release that, then I want you to have the courage just to come up to people up here who will not judge you, but will listen and will pray with you. Is there anyone this morning that you want to be free? You want to receive God's grace to release to release what's happened to you and to release that person and to be reconnected to God with a free heart there's others but no pressure there's nothing like confessing to someone I used to be Catholic I didn't see the importance of telling another person my sins when I could tell Jesus but there's something good about confession telling someone else I've been holding on to this 
and to be able to have no judgment and just someone to pray with you. I think that's in the Bible, James 5 somewhere. Confess your sins one to another so you may be healed. Amen. So uh, this morning is supposed to be Communion Sunday. We do it every other week here at Grace. We uh, take the Lord's Supper. And it's one of the things in, in church history for over 2,000 years. The, the table is a place that Christians would gather each week. And it was the symbol of who was in Christ and who was out. And the major separation, the only thing that we see in the Scriptures that tells us Who's welcome at the table and who is not? Who's welcome? Who is in the family of God and who's choosing to stay outside? The link we see is, is made to the story of the prodigal sons. And you have the one son who the father has shown extravagant grace and mercy and forgiven and brought in, even though everything says that son should not be allowed at the table. And then you have the other son who seems to have every right to sit at the table. But the only thing which disqualifies that son is choice. He chooses. He chooses to leave the room because he is not able or willing to extend that same forgiveness. So we're actually not going to take the supper this morning. I'm going to throw you guys for a loop. I apologize, ushers. We're not going to do it this morning. Psych! It's 90s all over again. Just playing with you guys. You know, I want you guys to get some exercise this morning. and I'll pay for that tomorrow, that's for sure. And so in this practice, the church has been consistent for 2,000 years. We forgive those who have sinned against us if we desire for God to forgive us as we have sinned against him. It's the only qualifier of the Lord's family. You can only receive what you're willing to give. You can have forgiveness for any spot or wrinkle or bad decision or the worst moment in your life or mistake that was made if you're willing to extend that to your greatest enemy in your life. And so this, this is considered the greatest sacrament, meaning the greatest place where we're promised God's going to meet us. But this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on another sacrament, another place that we're promised God is going to meet us, and that is in the act of confession. And so the prayer team is going to stay up here, and I'm going to ask our pastors to come up here as well. And what we're going to do is this. We're going to close and end. But if there's anyone in this room, you know that there is unforgiveness. There is a face or a name that when you see them, when you hear their name, when you see them at Walmart, you feel that, that tightness. You feel that anger. You begin to replay everything that you want to say to that person, right? And it's not, I love you, I forgive you. Jesus loves you too. It's other words, right? Four-letter words, correct? Come on, be honest, Christians, come on. And so what we're going to do is that as I close, the prayer team's going to be here, the pastor's going to come up here and be up front as well so we have more people available. 
And I just want you to do this, okay? If it's on your heart, if there's somewhere or some place or situation where you know that you have not forgiven, you have not let go of that, take care of it this morning. Father, I pray over this church. Father, the only thing that decides whether we are in or out is choice. For us to receive the extravagant love and forgiveness and mercy and grace, the ability to have a fresh start is if we are willing to extend it to the people we most dislike, most hate in our lives. And this morning I ask, Father God, that you prepare our hearts, that we would be willing to let go of any pain, anger, hurt, unforgiveness against anyone in our lives. This morning that it would end, that we would leave it here with you and we would walk out of this place lighter, freer, more whole so that we can be more of ourselves so more of us can be given to our family to our neighbors to our co-workers that the parts of us that have been eaten up and consumed with anger and hurt and pain will be freed up to be poured into the people in our lives in jesus name